Hey, this is Pastor Bradley, and I want to welcome you to the Res Church podcast. Res Church is a place where people discover life through knowing and following Jesus. And so we hope that you will be blessed by this message. We are in a study in the book of Nehemiah. It's a great book. God is, I believe, saying something to us at Res Church through this Old Testament book. You do know the Old Testament is okay to read? Yes. <laughs> Listening to some today, that. They would make you think maybe that the Old Testament you don't need, but there's great encouragement, great principles of life that uh, are laid out for us in this Old Testament, and especially the book we're reading from today. I really believe there is a deep longing in our hearts to make a difference To know that we have done something while on this earth is of lasting value. Pastor Keith shared just a few words at the close of the first service that made me stop and think their trip to the Dream Center out in Los Angeles. How we need to capture what Nehemiah did in discovering a life vision for the purpose of God. Someone caught the vision for the Dream Center and it is going forth. Someone made a difference. By the way, someone made a difference in your life. And can I remind you today that there are many, many people outside of this building today that do not know of the forgiving grace and the peace of God that we feel. So my prayer is today, if you do not have that life vision for your life, that purpose that you will discover today you need to seek for God to tell you, show you your life purpose. Let me remind you this morning, I don't care what your parents said, you are not an accident. God has a purpose. Everyone in this room God has a plan and a vision for your life. And we find in the book of Nehemiah a man who is sharing his life vision with us. It's a wonderful book. For it's not someone telling about someone else, but he is telling his own story. He is not a a priest, he's not a preacher, he's not a prophet. He's just an ordinary man called of God who discovered his life vision and purpose. 
and he set out to accomplish what God instilled into his life. I'm not here this morning to be a killjoy of anything. God has given us a life, an abundant life. But I can tell you this morning, there is more to living than enjoying the pleasures of this present world. There is a vision God wants you to have to make a difference somewhere, somehow. It may be in a nursery. It may be on the stage playing an instrument. It may be doing the sound system. Whatever it is, God has a purpose for you. You are important. You are valuable to the kingdom of God. I, I just would to God we could capture that today. You don't have to stand here with a microphone and preach. When it's all said and done, a lot of our preaching and us preachers, we're going to, uh, we're going to be disappointed when we get to heaven. We thought we were so important. We might see the tally, and God might let us see that we were not as important as we thought we were. That nursery worker, that person working with the homeless, the broken, the hurting, those that you will never see gets any recognition. Can I tell you, there's an all-seeing eye that is watching you, and when you give of your best to that vision and purpose that God has given to you, I can tell you today, it will not go unnoticed by the eye of God. And it matters to Him. <clears throat> there are several tragedies that I find in life today. As I view the world and over my years of ministry, Two great tragedies that I've discovered. One tragedy, some people never discover why God made them. Isn't that tragic? They never discover why God made them. You need to discover who you are in God today. You need to discover what God's plan for your life really is. That is a... That's a terrible tragedy to see people go through life and their mission statement is, man, if I can just make it one more day, that's enough. Do you know there are people that live every day with that mission statement? If I can just get through one more day. What a tragic life. You just live, die, live, die. That's all. I don't want that kind of life. I'll be honest with you this morning. Another tragedy is that there are some who find life's vision and purpose and they begin well, but along the journey, they give up. And they give up because they get distracted. That's what I want to talk about today is distractions. We hear a lot about distractions today, don't we? Cell phone, texting. Anybody does that? Uh-huh. How about lying? Do we have any of that? <laughs> uh, you know, I don't, I don't mind 
seeing somebody with her phone texting. I tell you what bothers me is to see a young lady going by and she's doing her eyebrows, you know, and I'm thinking to myself, they're fussing about texting and here this lady is dressing up, putting her makeup on. I, I'm thinking distraction. We get distracted, don't we? And that is one of the great tragedies of the day, the people that have great hopes, great vision. One of the saddest things I know that I've encountered is confronting people that I know that started well and spent some time doing the work of God and the vision of God and then they got distracted by something and they got off mission and off vision. What a tragedy. I find it so hard. Can I be honest with you though? Let's just be honest. The daily grind of life, if we're not careful, can get any of us off vision. I mean, it's tough. This life is real. Have you? Have any of you found that out yet? Some of you young people might not. I, I tell I tell young couples today. Let me tell you, life is real. You may not discover it, but one day when you get married, you're gonna have debt drudgeries and di di diapers and you're going to find out life is real <laughs> becomes a reality life though is full of so many distractions that oftentimes the vision is lost among all the lights on the horizon of life the real tragedy is that people get distracted the visions are lost and they end up not living out the purpose and the plan of God, especially you young people. If I could give you any word of encouragement today. Whatever you do, discover God's vision and purpose for your life and go at it with everything that is within you. And you can come to the end of your journey with no regrets. I have stood by people, I've sat by the bed of those that were dying and they wept and wept because they got off vision. They missed what God had wanted them to do. So I challenge you today, don't let life get in the way of purpose and mission that God has for you. Very important. We're struggling with so many dis life's distractions today because I have discovered that really life is now. Bills are now. Crisis is right now. And life can come later. Vision can come later. But that's not true. Life is real now. Let vision become a part of your life. Sometime we let the urgent take place of the most important. We let good replace what's best. And that should not be the case. Everything we do should take priority for that vision. Give everything you have toward it.
distractions can really uh, slowly kill a vision. Just gradually before you know, listen, wake up, shake yourself because let me tell you, life in the daily grind, if you're not careful, it will slowly kill a vision that God has given you. I've seen it time and time again, and I fear that many are that way, maybe sitting in this room this morning. It's not because we don't know what we could be and should be. It's the fact that sometimes life gets in the way. Sometimes we find ourselves with the problem that we get so busy living that what happens is that we find out what could be is lost in the flurry of what is, what's going on right now, and we lose that sight. So today I want us to look in the sixth chapter of the book of Nehemiah. We find out how we can prevent, really, our vision from being killed by distractions. He gives us some principles here. Uh, he does it in a great way for preachers. There are three distractions that are found here in chapter 6 that I want to bring to your attention this morning. I want us to look at them and I want you to think with me. Don't sit there so pious that you don't think you need to hear this. I know us. We are who we are. And I've been dealing with people a long time. And I know how we think and act sometimes. But in the reality, we're easily, the priorities in our life can change. And we see not only were there distractions in the life of Nehemiah, but we could use even a stronger word that we could use that word diversion. It, the enemies of Nehemiah were trying to divert him away from God's plan. That's what he wants to do in you. That's why we, we, we find people whose mission statement is only, and if I can get through one more day, rather than having a focused vision, mission in our life. And Nehemiah finds himself confronting some distractions. And you need to be careful that the, these distractions do not hinder you from keeping your focus on God and what he has for you. Don't come to the end of your life with regrets. Don't come to the end of your life with regrets. Look here in chapter 6, and we'll read, Now when Sanballat and Tobiah and Gresham the Arab and the rest of our enemies heard that I had built the wall and there was no breach left in it, although up to that time I had not set up the doors and the gates, Sanballat and Gresham sent to me saying, Come, let us meet together at Hecarcum in the plain of Ono. 
but they intended to do me harm. Isn't it amazing how God gave him insight? Can I tell you today, if you're walking in the Spirit, God's Spirit can give you discernment when that distraction comes your way and you need to be aware of it. The Holy Spirit in your life is a great guide for you, so be sensitive to that. But they intended to do me harm, and I sent messengers to them saying, I'm doing a great work, and I cannot come down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and come down to you? And they sent to me four times in the same way, and I answered them in the same way. No. I love that. I think that. When we read this passage, it's obvious that Nehemiah's enemies are trying to distract him and do harm to him. And can I tell you today, all of the distractions out there that come against you are to harm you. Now what I'm going to tell you, my first distraction that I find here in this section of scripture is that sometime we are distracted by good opportunities and good things, but we must realize and we have to stand firm on godly priority. Okay, understand. I'm not a killjoy. I'm here to tell you sometime good things, good opportunities can divert our attention away from our main purpose of life. I didn't expect you to amen me, so I'll move on, but that is a truth. Good things can become detrimental if we're not careful. We live in a day when we have more things more opportunities. There is no, more pleasures, more opportunities, more travel, more business, more of everything. And it, it, it has a tendency to draw us away from what God wants in our life. And it's an enemy's tactic. Don't think that there's no enemy. You say, well, you're trying to say the enemy is behind. I'm here to tell you the devil, our enemy, is behind it all. If he can shift our priority to something that we like and good and we get lost in that, all of a sudden our vision and purpose for living is not important. But I'll tell you, Nehemiah gives us some great help here. He said, no. This, in the plain of Ono, it was a place really sort of like they were inviting him down to the country club. It was sort of like an oasis. Just come on down and we'll talk. That's, man, I tell you what, I'm ready to take that up. I like pleasure. I like ease. I like the country club. <laughs> they sent word for him to come down for it, but he sensed. Some way God gave him insight that it was harmful. And as I said, if we'll stay sensitive to God, God can give us that 
intense moment of saying that's harmful. Have you ever been doing something and you failed in your spirit? You know, I should be doing, I shouldn't be doing, I should be doing this. And what do we do? We shrug it off, don't we? I know you don't, I understand. But the reality is I know you and I know me and we have a tendency, well, this is good, there's nothing wrong with that and there may not be. But here's what the enemy will like to do is shift your vision. If he can get you to seeing some good things that you forget about what God has you here on this earth for, you are here for a reason. You have so many days to live. There is a day in the economy of God that God said that's enough. I did a funeral the other day and I happened to look at the man's birth date and it was the same as mine, 1944. And I read, I think it's in, in Psalms 1912 where there is a day that's appointed. And I begin to figure up the days. You know what I figured up? Almost 26,000 days. How many days have you lived? How many days do you have left to live? Don't let your vision and purpose of life be distracted by good things. Now, I love good things. I love to do a lot of good things. Be careful, okay? Would you do that? Just... Be sensitive to God. If it is detrimental, even though it's a good thing, if it's detrimental to your vision of God, you need to leave it alone. Leave it alone. Now, we are distracted sometime by these good opportunities. I, I like what he says. If, if you mark in your Bible, if you underline, you need to underline this verse, circle it, highlight it, and then go back and underline it. <laughs> verse 3 of chapter 6, listen to his response. This is what you need to have etched in your mind. He said, I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. Let me tell you today, whatever you're doing in mission and purpose that God has given to you, it is good. If you're taking care of children in a nursery, if you're singing on the platform, if you're just sharing your testimony, if you're doing something good to encourage someone, whatever you're doing, it is the greatest work in all the world doing the work of God and you don't need to come down. He said, I don't need to come down to you. I'm doing a great work for God. Your work is important. Nehemiah knew that if he was going to live out the life purpose, he had to learn that little word called no. You would do well to learn that word no. Sometime you have to say no to good things in life. Okay? Every day of our life, opportunities come along, and if we're not careful, they can distract us from the reality that God wants. You remember when, I think it's over in Luke chapter 10, verse 38, I like this story, what Jesus tells us. He's in the home of Mary and Martha, and Martha it gets upset and says, my sister Mary is over there listening at the feet of Jesus, and 
the master said, listen, Martha was distracted by much serving. Good thing to serve, but she was distracted. And Jesus said, here's what the most important thing is, is to keep a focus on me. Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus, focused on him. Now, don't, don't, I'm not telling you to go out and be a weird hermit, monk, or anything. That, that's not what I'm saying. I hope you understand that. You've got to live life. But can I tell you, you can walk through this world and be not of this world. You can walk in this world with that next world constantly in view. You don't have to partake of this world because there's enough in that next world to satisfy us from this present world. There is a focus on Jesus. We must keep his plan, his purpose. Second thing I want you to notice in verses five through nine, when we're distracted by criticism, resolve to walk in prayer. Listen to these words as Nehemiah shares them. Verse 5. In the same way, Sambalat for the fifth time sent his servant to me with an open letter in his hand. In it was written, it is reported among the nation. Sounds like that. You know, they said, it's been reported. I've heard it said. Well, that's, that's what he's saying. They're writing this letter to Nehemiah. And it says that you and the Jews intend to rebel. That's why you're building the wall. And according to these reports, you wish to become their king. And you have already set up prophets to proclaim concerning you in Jerusalem. There is a king in Judah. And now the king will hear of these reports. So now come, let us take counsel. Let's sit down and talk about it. Here's the, here's the distraction that comes in life. You will be criticized for your faithful service. Do you know critics come out of the woodwork when they see a person who has vision and purpose they're excited about what God's doing. They're enthused about it. They're, we used to talk about fanatics for Jesus. We don't even have that anymore. We just need people excited about Jesus Christ. And as soon as you begin to work, and, and Nehemiah was set on that mission God had planted in his heart, that wall needed to be built. It was a necessity. It was important. What we do for God is important. Don't ever think it is not important what you are doing. It is building the wall. It is doing the work of God. And there will be those that might be a little critical. That's been probably one of the hardest things for me to do in my Christian life. When I first, the first church I went to pastor, I knew all the scriptures. I'd studied the Bible. I, I knew all of these things spiritually. No one ever told me that sometimes Christians can be 
unkind. I had an old bishop years ago. He preached a sermon probably about almost 60 years ago now, but he preached a sermon, and in that sermon he said something, and I thought to myself, that old fellow, he's off his rocker. He said, I would to God that Christian people would stop letting the devil use them. And I thought to myself, he didn't know what he was. I took my first church, and that's probably the first thing I remembered that old fella telling me that. <laughs> I'm just being honest with you. There's no sense cutting the corners today. The truth is, there are those even in the church who will criticize you because of your enthusiasm, your desire, your mission, your vision. You're excited and they're dead. They, 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 they don't have any vision or mission whatsoever in their life. And they don't know. They're saying, well, you're off. Off the rocker. These people, have, have you ever heard they said, they said, you know, one of the greatest blessings that we in this generation have that Nehemiah needed was caller ID. <laughs> Let the answer machine get it. You need to find people who are not negative and naysayers and always groaning and moaning and looking down. There are some great things happen. We're not perfect people, but we're serving a perfect God and he knows our heart. And if we have mission and vision on our heart and life, I'll tell you, people may be under, misunderstanding. They may under, misunderstand your intentions, but God knows your heart. And you keep working. Don't be distracted by Christ. Criticism. I, listen, I've been criticized enough, sometimes fairly and sometimes unfairly. But you know what I do? First thing I do is defend myself. I want to, well, I won't tell you what I want. I want to be God for about a minute with some people. And I could help him out a lot with his people. Maybe we shouldn't record these things. <laughs> <laughs> but but sometime you know just need to realize I sometimes got distracted because of criticism. You know what I wanted to do? There were times I just wanted to quit. I, I've got some criticism. I remember one time and I, I just went to my office, laid my Bible down, said, God, that's yours. You do with it what you want to. I'm through with this. You say, Really? I said, Really? I'm telling you what, this criticism is a distraction. It'll hurt you. It'll make you feel like you can't keep on going. But, but I want you to notice verse, I think, 8 and 9 here. And, and you need to take note of this. Then I sent to him saying, No such things as you say have been done, for you are inventing them out of your own mind. For they are all wanting to do is frighten us, thinking their hands will drop from the work and it will be done. But it will not be done. But now, listen to his prayer. Oh God, just strengthen my hands. They're criticizing. 
All of these things are false accusations. They're not true. So God just strengthened my hands to keep on going. That's what you have to do when criticism comes your way. God, just strengthen my hands to keep doing what you have given me mission and purpose for in my life. I'm going to just keep on going so God just make me stronger. I want to do what's right. So when you're criticized, it's easy to get distracted. But there's something else I want to tell you. Verse 10 through 14. When we're distracted by fear of the future, what we have to do is obey the Lord in the present. What they were doing, if you'll notice in this chapter, on several occasions, Nehemiah referred to the fact that they were trying to frighten them to be afraid. Listen, there are times when we question our abilities, our talents, but listen to me. Don't let the enemy cause fear to grip you and distract you from doing God's work. How many times have I said, God, I can't do it because I look at my own ability and the enemy would put fear there. But then I discover that God is my strength and my help and I can do it. You can do it no matter what they do. Think about this fear. Look at verse 10. Now when I went into the house of Shimei, the son of Deala, the son of Methibel, who were, you didn't think I knew how to pronounce those, did you? But I didn't worry because I knew you didn't know how, so I did. Oh, God help us. He was confined to his house and he said, let us meet together in the house of God within the temple. Let's close the doors of the temple for they are coming to kill you they're coming to kill you by night. But I said, should such a man as I run away? And what man should I, as I could go into the temple and live? I will not go in. And I understood, here it is again, the Holy Spirit some way gave him insight. And I understood and saw that God had not sent this man but he had prophesied this, he had pr pronounced this prophecy against me because Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him. For this purpose he was hired that I should be afraid and act in this way and sin. And so they could give me a bad name in order to taunt me. Look what Nehemiah did. Lord, remember Tobiah, Sanballat, oh my God, according to these things that they did, and also the prophetess Noadiah, and the rest of the prophets who wanted to make me afraid. I'm going to obey God regardless of the intent of the enemy. Are you willing to do what God has called you to do in your life. 
if Nehemiah had succumbed to this and gone into that temple, it was against God's law for anyone other than the priest to stay in that temple overnight. And it would have caused him to become what the Jews would have been a sinner. It would have ruined his name. Be careful what fear will do to you. Be sensitive. I can't overemphasize this. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I'm here to tell you, He will instruct you and guide you in life's vision and purpose. He can keep you from a lot of dangers. Now listen to me. I, I, I've been on this journey a long time, and I can save you some pitfalls today, okay? I know some of you are going to just let it like water on the duck's back, gone. But I'm going to tell you anyway, about 20, 30 years down the road, if the Lord tires, you're going to say, that old man told me this. I should have listened. Here it is. The enemy is real. Don't you ever think that he's your buddy or he's your friend. He wants nothing more than to put fear in your heart and life and distract you from accomplishing God's purpose in your life. I want to come to the end of my journey and I want to make a difference. I want my life to have counted for something. I tell them, been telling them for years now, when you come into see my casket laying there, I want you to come by and cry. <laughs> I want to have made a difference that you'll miss me. <laughs> my wife couldn't be here today. I'm glad. Don't tell her I said that. She gets after me all the time for saying that. But that is an absolute truth. I, I want to make a difference. I don't want my life just to say he lived and died. I want them to say he did something that touched me or she did something that impressed me, something they wrote me, something they, one day they sang a song and, and it touched me. I want my life to make a difference. And sometime, Pastor Keith said in the first service, sometime you have to put your arm around a HIV, broken hurting life. And if you can make a difference doing that, I tell you what, it's to make a difference. If it's to find that person out there that has no hope and you can put hope in their life, I tell you, make a difference. Get those little children. They can be so, listen, they can be so loving. They can be so good. They're just kids. Sometimes you don't think they hear anything you say. But I'm here to tell you they do. Yeah. They, they, they don't know a lot of what you're saying. A lot of what you think they don't know what you're saying. They know. They're aware. Listen, when you work with little children, I think, I think kids' ministry is the greatest ministry in the world today. Because I'll tell you what. If you want to make a difference, 
you take one of these children, some of these children, and you influence their life and put them on the right path, and they'll live out your life for years to come. What a great, what a mission, what a vision to have to do that. Well, I've got to get on with this uh, message. That's not in my notes for sure. Fear. You know, the Bible has something to say about being afraid. There's risk to accomplishing the vision and the purpose God has given. There's some risk in it. But you know what? The Bible is very clear. He told Joshua in Joshua chapter 1 verse 9, I command you to be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That's good news. The psalmist David said, I can walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Why? I can walk through disease. Why? I can walk through financial ruin. I can walk through all these things in life. How can I do that? For thou art with me. That makes the difference today. When God is with you, you keep your mission and vision purpose out there. And I'll tell you, he'll walk with you every day. He'll wake up with you. Listen, he's already in your tomorrow. He's already knowing what you're going through. So don't worry about it. Just stay focused. Fix your eyes on Jesus and keep walking toward him and fulfilling his mission. The Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy chapter 2 verse, 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 7, he said, The Lord, God, has not given us the spirit of fear. Right? Fear is not from God. So every time you get afraid, realize the devil is causing that fear. God has given us power and love and self-discipline. He has given us something good. Don't let fear distract you because God is with us. Don't get distracted by opportunities, criticism, or fear. Okay? I know this is Sunday morning, June the 10th, 2018. I hope some way you can etch this in your mind today. That preacher told me that distractions would come. But all I had to do was fix my eyes on Jesus and focus on Him and keep walking. Winston Churchill said, when you're walking through hell, just keep on walking. I'm telling you, when you're going through all of the struggles of this life, you just keep walking with focus on what God has called you to do and be. Praise team will come. I, I want to just ask you a couple questions. Would you bow your heads? Just, just think about these questions for a moment. What's keeping you from living your life purpose and vision today? What's causing you to miss out on what God has called you to do and to be? Is it opportunities? Maybe you've got caught up in living in this world and this life and forgetting about the vision God has for you. 
Let me tell you today, opportunities, criticisms will not bear you any good if you lose focus on God. With your eyes closed just for a moment, just be real to yourself right now. Lord, I pray for each one of us that that life vision help us to know what you want of our lives. May we be sold out to Jesus. Lord, we don't want to play games. Life is too real. It's too serious. Lives are in trouble today. Marriages are in trouble today. Homes are broken. Sin is on the rampage. But God, help us not to get so distracted that we lose sight of what you've called us to do. May we just keep focus on you today. And if you would just touch these hearts today, if there's one here this morning that needs to know your purpose in life for them, would you reveal it to them and then give them strength to walk in it day after day? Thank God that Nehemiah finished the good work in verse 15. The walls were completed. One day we're going to complete what you wanted us to do. Lord, thank you for what the apostle said. I am sure that he that has begun a good work in us will also see it to completion in Jesus Christ. So help us to focus today. Give us your, your vision on ministering to a lost and dying world. In Christ's name, let us stand together and sing. We hope that the Lord has blessed you through today's message, and we would love to hear from you. Tell us how God is working in your life and how we can pray for you. You can also help us reach others by investing at resfaith.com give. Thanks again for joining us.